All opinions expressed by Davidson Capital Management on MoneyWise are solely theirs and are based upon information they consider reliable and is subject to change without notice. You should be aware of the risk in investing in any security or investment strategy discussed on the show. Before acting, you should consider whether it is suitable for your particular circumstances and should seek advice from your own financial or investment advisor. Past performance is not indicative of future results. You're listening to Money Wise with Davidson Capital Management. Got the Money Wise guys back inside the Money Wise studio with me for this weekend show. I have my brother Jeff, Joe Rust, and I am your host, Kyle Davidson. Pretty new listeners to the Money Wise program. Davidson Capital Management is a fee-only registered investment advisor. When our 32nd year of business and with offices in San Antonio and Corpus Christi, we have your investment management needs covered throughout Central and South Texas. And if you'd like to learn more about us, you can go to our website at davidsoncap.com. Or if you'd like to give us a call in our office on Monday to discuss your personal financial situation or take advantage of a portfolio review and analysis from your Money Wise guys, you can reach us in our San Antonio or Corpus Christi office toll-free at 1-800-275-2162. And if you'd like to send us an email, you can send all emails to moneywise at davidsoncap.com. Don't forget, you can subscribe to the Money Wise podcast on Apple Podcast, where you can leave a comment and don't forget to like the show. was thinking about some topics from an educational standpoint and, and wanted, I came up with a title, I alluded to it just a little bit, but I wanted to talk about in this second hour of the things that Wall Street won't tell you. Now, to give a little bit of history of Davidson Capital Management, why our father, started our firm back in 1989 is he wanted to pull the curtain back on Wall Street. Pull the curtain back, bring integrity, honesty, ethics, transparency into the investor-advisor relationship. And in all of our years of business and all the hundreds upon hundreds and hundreds of portfolios, portfolio reviews we have done, we have come to just notice a very ongoing, consistent theme when we do these portfolio reviews. And we're doing portfolio reviews from prospective clients that have accounts at Merrill Lynch, Morgan Stanley, Ameriprise, Fidelity, Schwab, Edward Jones. I mean, you name any major uh, brokerage firm in this country that markets on television, print, ad, computer, what have you, follows you all across the internet, we have reviewed these types of portfolios. And over the last 30 plus years of being in business, we just see these very consistent themes recurring again and again and again in prospective clients' portfolios. And we talk about it from time to time during the first hour of the Weekend's Money Wise program throughout the years. But I wanted to dive a little bit deeper into this topic and really pulling the curtain back and talking about the things of what these big Wall Street firms are not going to be telling you as an investor. And as we've said from day one on the Money Wise program is that you always have to dig deeper. You you cannot take things for face value. You have to have your questions on hand when you're out there interviewing a prospective advisor that you're wanting to work with Or if you're already working with an advisor, questions that you need to go back and ask and get these answers. And if you're not receiving proper answers or answers that are just not making you feel very at ease, 
then maybe it's time for you to take advantage of a portfolio review and analysis to get that second opinion. And that's the purpose for us to be doing the portfolio reviews and analysis that we do and have been doing for the past 30 plus years is to give that second opinion to investors. So one of the first trends and themes that we're constantly seeing from all these major brokerage firms when we do portfolio reviews is portfolios that are just chalked full with a multitude of exchange-traded funds and mutual funds. And when I say chalked full, I can take an example of prospective client's portfolio who was working with Fidelity. And in one account, not only had over 30 exchange-traded funds, but had over 25 mutual funds. So we're talking over 50 individual positions in either mutual funds or exchange-traded funds. And the first question that comes to my, my mind is, why? Why do you need so many? Why is this shotgun blast approach where tiny bits of this prospective client's assets were allocated to such a vast, large number of exchange-traded funds and mutual funds. So one thing you have to remember about exchange-traded funds, for, you know, by and large, the exchange-traded funds that we invest in and we see that in these other organizations invest in, uh, they are in, in and of themselves diversified investments. They have hundreds of different securities inside, say, an individual exchange-traded fund. Same holds true for mutual funds. They can contain hundreds of different investments. So when you have a portfolio that has 50, 60 different exchange-traded funds and mutual funds, and each one of those exchange-traded funds and mutual funds holds 100-plus securities, well, you can imagine, well, that's it just if you each one of them held 100 securities and you had 50 different positions, that would be 5,000 different securities. Now, they don't actually own 5,000 different securities in, in all of these uh, exchange traded funds and mutual funds combined. What they end up what ends up happening is is there is so much overlap when you look at the portfolio in totality. They, they might have 10 different exchange-traded funds and mutual funds that invest in the exact same asset class, which mean, mean like large-cap growth stocks or small-cap growth stocks or mid-cap growth stocks or value stocks, so on and so on and so on. And so at the end, at the end our opinion is when we see a portfolio like this, to, to us, what it appears is it appears to be marketing more than anything because it's not really serving the client. It's, it, it's, it's over diversification in names, but it's really over, it's just so totally over diversified. It makes no sense to, to design a portfolio this way, except for one reason, and that is marketing in well, our opinion. And into marketing, that also is appearance. Right. to appear as if they're doing more right. in your portfolio than what they actually are. Because at Davidson Capital Management, if you're in our asset builder program where we own nothing but exchange-traded funds and no-load mutual funds, we don't have 25 different exchange-traded funds or mutual funds. 
you know, there's been times where we've had maybe up to nine, maybe 10, sometimes seven. What we do as portfolio managers, as in-house money managers, is we vet each and every one of the positions, each one of the exchange-traded funds and mutual funds to determine if they're, in our opinion, from our analysis and research, the best of breed for the respective asset class that we want represented in the portfolio at this particular time. And so I want to hold right there, and we'll pick up this conversation on the other side of the break. You're listening to Money Wise with Davidson Capital Management. We'll be back after this. Welcome back. You're listening to Money Wise with Davidson Capital Management. If you'd like to learn more about the Money Wise guys, you can go to our website at davidsoncap.com. Or if you'd like to give us a call in our office on Monday to discuss your personal financial situation or take advantage of a portfolio review and analysis from your Money Wise guys, you can reach us in our San Antonio or Corpus Christi office toll-free at 1-800-275-2162. If you'd like to send us an email, you can send all emails to moneywise at davidsoncap.com. And don't forget, you can subscribe to the Money Wise podcast through Apple Podcasts, where you can leave your comments, and don't forget to like the show. So if you're just tuning in for this weekend's Money Wise program, we'll continue with investor education and talking about what Wall Street won't tell you. And so before we went to break, talking about portfolios that we have reviewed that just have a multitude of exchange-traded funds and mutual funds, a, a situation where you get over-diversified in a portfolio and why these major brokerage firms across the country do this. And in our opinion, it is for marketing. It is to appear as if they're doing more work in a client's portfolio than they actually are. And so before we went to break, I was talking about the process that we go through inside of our asset builder program, where we own nothing but uh, no load mutual funds and exchange traded funds. And these are for clients that have less than a million dollars of investable assets in one singular account. Now, when we go through our process, we're looking for best of breed. So when we're looking for a large cap growth manager, we're sending the large cap growth actively managed no load mutual fund managers through our gauntlet. They're going through our proprietary process of research and analysis, utilizing our 70 plus years of combined experience here at Davidson Capital Management to find what we consider the best of breed large cap growth manager for that particular asset class period. Not two of them, not three, not six, but the best. Now, once we make a selection of that particular no-load mutual fund for that particular asset class, they will then be continuously vetted to ensure that they're adhering to why we have selected them to be inside of the portfolio for our clients. So we're going to be looking at consistency of style. We're going to be looking at the portfolio and the information we can ascertain. What are their top 10 holdings? How concentrated or unconcentrated are they? What holdings do they own? Do we continue to agree with their investment management philosophy? So once we buy this position, it's not just buy and forget it. We're going to be constantly sending it through our gauntlet. And if for some reason it falls out of our criteria through our proprietary system, guess what? They get sold. They get sold. So it's not just buy and hold. We're buying and it's constant homework. Joe, I know you wanted to say something. Well, sure. And I think going through this process and working quite a bit in the 401k space, we have our process already set up to where we know if one of these particular investments are going to be on the watch list. And from time to time, the three of us will put our heads together. But when you have a team approach, you really dive down deep into the, into the 
particular mutual funds. And one thing you didn't mention, Kyle, or I don't think is manager tenure. You know, if you have a new manager That's in a right. mutual fund, what does that mean to that particular portfolio? We might watch it temporarily. And if it's somebody that's coming on board that's been with the team a while and they're going to take over the day-to-day portfolio management, you know, we might give them a pass. But but also part of the number side of it, and we were talking about this uh, a couple of times in the past, is portfolio management is just not numbers. There's also It's also art to a certain extent. And some funds may do better in a down market than others. Um, and I wanted to bring that up too. I mean, portfolio management is a combination of multiple things. And that also bodes true with mutual funds and to a lesser extent ETFs. But, but, and again, that's where research comes into play. When we go through our research process, we're looking at upside capture. We're looking at downside capture. We're looking at all of these technical and fundamental indicators to determine whether or not we feel that this is going to be the best investment option. But what we have seen from the other big Wall Street firms is, well, let's just shotgun blast and put, let's put six, let's put 10 large cap growth managers. One or two of them have got to hit. One or two of them got to do a good year. Well, what about the rest of your money in the other five or six that are, are not doing well? What, what happens to the overall performance of your portfolio? You know, the other thing you have to determine and figure out, what are you actually paying for the multitude of all of these different investment options? If you do have 20, 30, 40 different exchange-traded funds and mutual funds in your portfolio, and we're just seeing this to be occurring more and more as the years have gone on. And I've had conversations with prospective clients that are with very large, very well-known, very reputable money managers where they have been told to their face that human beings do not manage money anymore at these firms. And they allow computers or algorithms to be making the investment decisions that, as you said, Joe, they're trying to equate money management down to numbers, down to technicals. But I hate to tell you, just Joe, just like you said, and this was something that our father taught Jeff and I many, many moons ago, is that managing money is a science, but it's also an art. And here's the thing that you have to remember. Algorithms are computer programs written by human beings. What if those human beings got their scenarios crossed? Their math was off. Their assumptions were wrong. That that algorithm is worthless. It's absolutely worthless because human beings have to write the actual algorithm. And so what we have seen in these super mega money management firms is they have become victims of their own success, of their own asset gathering to where they physically can't have human beings managing money anymore for their clients. And so then you as a client. Well, they could, but the problem is is it's profits. That's right. It's profits. It's It's profits. So the question you have to ask, if you are a client of one of these type firms, what, what am I paying my management fee for? if a computer is doing it. So I'm getting charged all these management fees for the internal expenses for the exchange traded funds and the mutual funds. Then I pay a portfolio management fee on top of that. But you're telling me that you're having a computer make the decisions because you're just such a giant super tanker of a money manager. You know, the question I would be asking is what happens if there's a dramatic event in the market? How fast can you move? How fast can you make changes in my portfolio? And they're not going to be able to answer that question and give you a definitive answer. Which leads us to really the most important part of 
I think really the most important part of all this is that the person that you're talking to the vast majority of the time at the big mega wall street firms, the list that you gave in that first segment, Kyle and others is the person that you're talking to is not actually the decision maker. The decisions are made someplace else, either by a computer or a human in a computer. And you never, you have no relationship with the decision maker. The only relationship you have is with the person that's charged with maintaining the relationship. And so in in the vast majority of cases, and I have never seen in the history of us doing portfolio reviews, I've never seen any of those wall street firms beat us in terms of management fees, overall cost to the client. So if, if we're, if our, if our value proposition at Davidson Capital Management is you get to actually speak with the people that are actually making every single investment decision and doing it for less than the big Wall Street houses in much more focused portfolios. You know, our, fo- our portfolios are laser focused. The shotgun approach the shotgun approach is like putting five quarterbacks on the field at the same time or putting five pitchers on the mound at the same time. <laughs> you don't do that. What do you do? You put your best players on the field. You got a bench, but you also have the best players on the field at the right time. You don't you don't buy 10 different large cap stock ETFs and mutual funds and put them in the portfolio. That makes no sense whatsoever. Pick the best one. That's what you put in the portfolio. Why can't the big Wall Street houses with all their people and all their computers and all their uh, all the things they have at their disposal research? Why why do they have to build a portfolio where they where, where they shotgun approach everything? Yes, Kyle. I- I can answer part of that question because of proprietary relationships they have with the outside mutual fund managers and exchange traded fund providers and the revenue sharing agreements that they have. Why charge your client a one and a quarter percent management fee where you can charge them one and a quarter percent management fee, then invest their money in a mutual fund that charges another one percent. And then that manager of that 1% mutual fund kicks back to you another quarter of 1%. And now you're charging your client, you're making even more money off of one client because of the kickbacks and the proprietary relationships that they have. So then as if you're a client of these types of firms, you have to ask yourself, are the players on my field the best players or are they the players that pay the biggest kickbacks to the firm that, that I work with? So then the firm that you're working with, you have to think, how objective are they in their investment-making or portfolio design process when they're getting paid X number of dollars from this outside mutual fund manager or this outside exchange-traded fund manager? Are they truly objective? And I can answer that question right now. The answer is absolutely not. They are not objective when they're getting revenues shared with them. Well, let's take another commercial break. You're listening to Money Wise with Davidson Capital Management. Money Wise guys will be back after this. Welcome back. You're listening to Money Wise with Davidson Capital Management. 
like to learn more about the Money Wise guys, you can go to our website at davidsoncap.com. Or if you'd like to give us a call in our office on Monday to discuss your personal financial situation or take advantage of a portfolio review and analysis from your Money Wise guys, you can reach us in our San Antonio or Corpus Christi office toll-free at 1-800-275-2162. If you'd like to send us an email, you can send all emails to moneywise at davidsoncap.com. Don't forget, you can subscribe to the Money Wise podcast through Apple Podcasts, where you can leave your comments, and don't forget to like the show. So if you're just tuning in this weekend's Money Wise program, going into investor education, and uh, really this second hour, we're talking about what Wall Street won't tell you. And so before we went to break, we're talking about the lack of objectivity that we have seen, in our opinion, over the last 30-plus years of being in business with these mega large Wall Street firms from the Merrill Lynch's, the Edward Joneses of the world to the Ameriprises, proprietary relationships, meaning revenue sharing that they are receiving from outside mutual fund managers, from outside exchange traded fund managers, that clouds the objectivity of the firm that an investor is working with to ensure that these particular investments find their way in your portfolio. But the question you have to ask yourself, were these the best choices? Was this the best of breed? Yeah, Joe. Well, sure. Kyle, dovetailing on what you're talking about, and just the other week, I was reviewing a, looking at a particular firm, and one thing we do is, yes, we research our investments. We also research our competitors. We also look at their ADV Part 2, other disclosures. But if they are using proprietary mutual funds, a lot of times – the, the point is, what is Wall Street not telling you? Well, that firm, generally speaking, has to tell you, and it actually said there in black and white, there's a conflict of interest because this particular firm is using their own proprietary funds, and it's disclosed in black and white. So you can actually pull back the curtain on Wall Street, but you have to know how to do your own research on this. And, and most individual investors won't. You can go to Broker Check. You can type in the name of the firm that you working with that you're thinking about working with and you can go into their ADV part two through the SEC website to be able to research what potential conflicts of interest what other proprietary relationships they have I know of one particular firm that has commercials all the time they actually disclose how much in revenue they're receiving on an annual basis from these outside firms and so it it's no surprise that when we do portfolio reviews of prospective clients that are working with this particular firm, why we typically see the top three mutual fund families that provide the biggest amount of revenue to this firm as the only three mutual fund families that show up in a portfolio. And, and, and again, this is, this is what should really be raising question marks above anyone's head that is working with these large firms. And then you also have to ask yourself, why am I working with these larger firms? Does a larger firm that have the marble columns, as dad calls it, the fancy, you know, the fancy offices, the big name brands, the huge marketing campaigns and all the commercials and what have you, does that provide a higher level of comfort to you as an investor, a higher level of security? I mean, that is what they are relying on. This is why they do it. They're relying on their marketing and their fancy offices and all the sharp-dressed folks that work for them to, to, to create this sense of security when what they're doing in the portfolios from our reviews and analysis 
isn't anything to write home to mom about. It's the we're big, and so we must be good if we're this big. Yeah. It just means they're bigger, great marketers. Bigger, bigger doesn't mean better. Bigger just means they, they spend more money on marketing. That's right. They're bigger asset gatherers. And, you know, we've utilized the Money Wise program to educate for the last 16-plus years, to educate investors, to warn them. You know, we'll, we, we will make 10 investment decisions. Six to seven of them will work. Three to four of them won't. We're not saying that we're the end-all, be-all money manager, but the one thing that the, the multiple things that we are is transparent, completely honest and ethical, and as far as from a fee standpoint, there is not another firm on the street that can touch us when it comes to the management fees that we've charged. We have 100%. no conflicts of interest. And we don't have any revenue sharing. No one pays us to own any of their investments. All the investments are vetted and put into and, – and, and client money is invested in it based on the merits of that particular investment, not based on any sort of revenue sharing agreement that we that we don't have with anybody and never have had and never will have yes joe yeah well, joe I, one of the things we're talking about it really about proprietary relationships with mutual funds in mutual funds etfs but the one thing that we always emphasize is that as asset allocation and when you have a down market or you have a correction or during the pandemic uh, or during the financial crisis your first line of defense is what, and we all know what this is. It's asset allocation, right? Individual uh, equity act- select active asset allocation. Correct. So my point being is, if you are interviewing an advisor at a particular firm, and there are some that are out there that do their own research, ask them: Do they create their own asset allocation models? Are they going with what the firm recommends? That's a very that's a question you need to ask. And if that's the case. That's great. Ask them. Okay, when was the last time you made a decision on a particular mutual fund or ETF? Or separately managed account that's that, that's in that allocation. So well, getting I, it is that's a big part of, of the investment management process and active versus passive management is who's doing the allocations. Well, and, and, and you brought up a point because yes, we're talking about all the major firms out there, and there are still some diamonds in the rough. There are still some traditional stockbrokers on the financial sales side of the business that deal that still do their own security selections that do manage their own portfolios, there, there are. They're few and far between, but there are. But your line of questioning, Joe, is absolutely dead on. Where are you finding your research? Because if they are selecting their own securities, whether it's mutual funds, exchange traded funds, or individual stocks, where are you getting your research? That is a great question to ask. If they're just getting the research from the firm that employs them, is that truly objective? I mean, I could bore our listeners with the multi-layered process, our proprietary process that we go through in vetting every single security that we select at Davidson Capital Management. But I don't want, especially if people are listening to the show driving, I don't want to put them to sleep and cause any accidents. But when we go and do our research, we're getting our information from a multitude of different sources, not you know, not, not to also exclude our own proprietary screening process of 44 points of screens that we have put into place. Screen one, 22 points. Screen two, an additional 22 points to vet our list of individual stocks. 
when, when we're owning individual stocks. And then we cross-reference that from a multitude of other research firms, not just one, not just our custodian who's Schwab. We look at a multitude of different ones. And so that is another important question to ask. If you do work with an advisor that is actively selecting their own securities, but then to follow up if they are doing that selection, is when was the last time you made changes in your portfolio? What is your performance track record? How old and long is that performance track record? Well, one thing when we're doing research and we use databases to input when we're doing a portfolio review, it's kind of interesting because there are some prospective clients that a year and a half ago have put everything into the software, put all their positions, all our asset allocations and then maybe a year later or a year and a half later, they haven't come on board as a client yet. And I'll say, hey, can you give me that, that statement from that portfolio they reviewed a year and a half ago? If the allocations are the same and the securities are the same and they're charging you 1% or more, you really got to look yourself in the mirror and go, what am I doing? You know, I, and I've, I've seen it multiple times. That is not active management. That is a portfolio that is put together on hope and prayer. And, and from a, a, a scientific versus you know, science versus art perspective. You look set at it. Yeah. Set it and forget yep. it is not a long-term successful investment strategy. And w- we certainly saw this in the financial crisis of 08, 09, uh, where we met with prospective clients <clears throat> that had monies invested with the big wall street firms. And when, when a client tells you, well, I lost 40%, 50%, in in 2008 well i know two things that happened one there was far too much money invested in stocks in that particular portfolio and two no one was managing anything to have lost that much money and that's what the vast i think the vast majority of the uh, of the wall street firms uh count on the statistic that the market's going to be up 80 percent of the time that's just what the statistics say. Seventy four percent, but the, close. Okay. Seventy four percent since nineteen twenty six. And so they, they the play the probabilities. We just stay invested all the time. Yeah. We 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 very rarely sell. We very rarely reallocate. We just we're we're always Buy in it for the long we're long term investors, quote unquote. <clears throat> and so the the other 26% of the time when the markets are down, every once in a while, you'll have a 30% down year. It's very rare, but they're out there. Most of the time, it's down 5 down 10 whatever. But the point of the matter is, is there's no active management occurring. And really, the key to long-term successful investment management it's not necessarily beating the S&P when you have years like when you have back to back or back years of up markets. It's keeping your hole shallow when the markets are down. That's where a real active management comes into play. Yeah, because remember, you lose 50 percent of the value of your portfolio. You have to make 100 percent just to get back to where you started. And I want to pick up on that point on the other side of the break. So let's do that now. Let's take our next break. You're listening to Money Wise with Davidson Capital Management. We'll be back after this. Welcome back. You're listening to Money Wise with Davidson Capital Management. If you'd like to learn more about the Money Wise guys, you can go to our website at davidsoncap.com. Or if you'd like to give us a call in our office on Monday to discuss your personal financial situation, 
take advantage of a portfolio review and analysis from your money wise guys. You can reach us in our San Antonio or Corpus Christi office toll free at 1-800-275-2162. If you'd like to send us an email, you can send our emails to moneywise at davidsoncap.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the Money Wise podcast through Apple Podcasts, where you can comment, and don't forget to like the show. So in our last segment of this weekend's Money Wise program and wrapping up our investor education on what Wall Street won't tell you, and right before we went to break, we were talking about what, what, what we truly believe what builds and maintains long-term wealth. It's not capturing every percentage gain in up years. It's keeping your hole shallower and down years, playing a great defense. That is the best long-term strategy for offense. So we were talking about all the major brokerage firms of every name brand that you could think of that has commercials and print ads, what have you, going through th- situations like the financial crisis or even going back to the dot-com bubble bursting. As Jeff said in the last segment, when the stock market 74% of the time since 1926 has had positive returns, when we have those abnormal years where we're down, have a 30% down year, like during the financial crisis, or have dramatic, long, protracted pullbacks in the market, brokerage firms are just going to say, stay the course. Just stay the course. You don't want to You don't want to make any adjustments. You don't want to make any changes. Well, we would recommend, yeah, you don't go 100% to cash. We would agree with every Wall Street firm in existence. You never go 100% cash because that is a failed strategy. But playing a great defense with the proper allocation, active asset management, very stringent proprietary security screening process, and keeping that hole shallower allows you to recover that much faster. Because let's say you go down 50% and you need 100% to get back to where you started. And to get to that 100%, it's going to take the next two to three years to get there. Well, what if your portfolio was only down 15% and then you were able to get back in at a lower price with the cash that was raised because there was active management and you played active defense, your portfolio would be far ahead of a portfolio that just was static during this downturn and didn't play defense. Another reason why Wall Street doesn't pay defense is because of revenues. Absolutely right. Because if they if, if they were to reduce securities in, a, in an investor's portfolio and go to cash for a period of time, those that that those securities that were sold would not be generating any revenue sharing for the firm because they would no longer be in the portfolio. And we saw that a lot with one particular firm, which I'm not going to name, that has a lot of revenue sharing agreements. Uh, but that's that's probably the biggest reason why Wall Street doesn't sell when 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 times get you know capitalism the nature of capitalism is there's going to be booms and then there's going to be periods where things are very quiet flat if you will and then sometimes they're busts that's just the nature of capitalism and so in the bust times if Wall Street Who's all, who would already be suffering because it was bus times, would go in and start selling in mass securities out of their clients' portfolios. Remember, it's buy low, sell high. If they did that, 
then they would also be cutting their own throats and reducing their revenues even more. And so they don't. And that's why we, time and time again, we hear in the, when we, the tough times, there will be tough times again. There always are. We'll see these same folks in our offices telling us their story. Well, you know, we were doing so well for so long. And that's the other thing. You know, people get complacent. Investors get complacent when the markets do well for extended period of times. They don't care about revenue sharing. They don't care about way too many. They, they don't care about management fees. They don't care about the, the, the excess number of securities in their portfolio. They don't care about how they vote, have 10 large cap mutual funds in their portfolio and 20 small cap mutual funds in their portfolio because every month I'm getting a statement and it's going higher and I'm making more money and I got a big smile on my face. And you get complacent. But then when it turns, it's like you come visit you know, someone like Davidson Capital and we look at the portfolio and so, say, well, here's the reason why the portfolio – failed so miserably in the down markets for this, 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 and this. Oh, and by the way, you're paying this for all of this, this failed strategy. And people are like, wow, I wish I'd have known this. I wish I'd have heard you earlier. I wish I'd have heard if this we had segment. A dollar, if we had a dollar for every time we have heard that over the last 30 plus years, and we hear it all the time. And so our recommendation would be to save yourself the grief, not getting complacent, as we have always said, and take this right from Joe, stealing your thunder, Joe, knowing what you own. Well, if, if you don't truly know what you own, you don't truly know what your asset allocation model looks like, you don't know how much you're paying, you don't know if it's being actively managed, this is why we offer portfolio reviews and analysis to prospective clients to get a second opinion from a team of portfolio managers that have over 70 years of combined experience that truly manage money in-house, that do our own research, that select our own securities. And oh, by the way, we haven't said it this whole segment, we eat our own cooking, meaning we personally own the same securities our clients own. So you can bet that they've been vetted to an inch of their life because if they're going to be going into my portfolio or Jeff's or to Joe's, they're darn good enough to be in our clients' portfolios, and they're going to be properly managed. So save yourself the grief before that downturn or on the other side of a downturn when you've lost 20, 25, 30% of your nest egg's net worth because you felt that, well, I was with so-and-so firm. They're so well-known. They've been around for 70 or 80 years. They have hundreds of billions of dollars under management. They're supposed to be good because I hear about them all the time. What? Why did they not perform for me? And this is what happens. They're great asset gatherers. They're great victims, marketers. Great marketers. They're the victims of their own success at asset gathering to where they can no longer truly actively manage money hands-on and leave it up to a computer algorithm that was also written by a human being that could have a lot of different failed strategies in that algorithm. And wind, and who winds up becoming the victim of all of this? You, the investor. This is why we do portfolio reviews. To peel, to pull that curtain back, and to tell you and to teach you and let you know about the things that Wall Street won't tell you. 
Well, with that, we're coming up to the end of this weekend's Money Wise program. Again, if you'd like to give us a call, you can reach us in our San Antonio or Corpus Christi office toll-free at 1-800-275-2162. You can send all your emails to moneywise at davidsoncap.com. And don't forget, subscribe to the Money Wise podcast on Apple Podcasts. And with that, for Jeff, our good man Joe, this is Kyle Davidson wanting to thank you for listening to this weekend's Money Wise program. And to your financial health, we will talk to you next week.